Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Coffee with Casey. Let's take a look at the market. And today we're going to talk about defending the price. So when you have eight contracts, 10 contracts, 14 contracts coming in, the market is going to set the price, right? When you only have two or three contracts coming in, they're thinking, what is the value of this house? So, so what we're going to talk about today, yet last week we were talking about how to find the buyer pool, the biggest group of fish that, uh, that would really, this home would appeal to. And, uh, but this week we're going to talk about, okay, we've got everybody in, we have offers coming in. You need to defend the price, right? You need to be able to say, I can show you how this house is worth $1.4 million or $850,000 or $525,000. You need to prove your price. This is no longer, you know, <clears throat> they're looking at it going, well, uh, you listed for $850, we'll offer $800. Why? Because it's a buyer's market. Wrong, wrong. You need to be able to send them a document that shows them that your home is worth not 850, but 900,000, that all your other homes are getting bid up $50,000. So you're encouraging the seller or the buyer to A, be comfortable with the fact that this is the value of the house. I feel comfortable with my offer. I'm not overpaying for this house. Now I understand why you listed for 800 when you're looking for 850, because that's what everybody else did. Now, is the market changing a little bit? Well, we're gonna talk about that here in a second too. Um, I think that there's been a correction um, and, and we're coming out of that, believe it or not, this fast, right? So gas prices are down, uh, the Fed raised interest rates, but in fact, what that did was it dropped mortgage rates. So that jumbo mortgage loan that was 5.25% is now 4.75%. So with gas prices coming down, mortgage interest rates coming down, I think you're going to start to see the market start to move a little bit now. Okay. Did get a little scary in July, but it's back. So, so let's talk about first we're going to do a market update, which is always important. You always need to know what's going on, especially, especially in times like this. And then we're going to talk about defending the house. So let me take you guys over the, over to the, um, our, our um, charts for today. All right. So the first thing we're going to look at is this is what a lot of people rely on. This is called smart charts, right? Great for historical information, terrible for current information. So as you can see, I ran this this morning and they're still publicizing what was happening in June. June is light years away from where we are in August, on August the 4th. So you can't rely on these numbers and then by the time July gets out, we're really deep into August, right? So now all I care about is what's happening in August. So I really, you know, I like this and I can use these things for historical data, but for current data, you can't. You have to do it by hand. And here's a look. So again, it always starts with it seems like, right? I said, it seems like that inventories are down a little bit, you know? So I looked at it and if you look at the July listings, the five-year average of the July listings, and then what we listed this month, this July, right? So Vienna's listings are down 14% for this month compared to the five-year average. Fairfax County's down 8%, Loudoun County down 5%, Prince William County down 9%, and Arlington is down 5%. So 
So yes, we are, you know, remember um, high interest rates uh, make it tougher on, on sellers and on buyers and um, lack of inventory, right? Well, here we go. We're back to this lag of inventory though. You know, so some people may say, well, the interest rates are up and the gas prices are up and inflation is up. Let's not list right now. So that's what you're seeing right this second, okay? So the inventory is down. And what does that mean? That means that the homes that were listed in Vienna and Oakton, uh, and again, I some of this is for my own personal stuff. The market over a million is what I'm interested in. So the market over a million dollars, nine homes were listed, seven went under contract in the first weekend. That's 78% of the homes went under contract on their first weekend, right? So that's pretty significant. What does that tell you? It tells you the buyer pool is out there. They're still out there. They haven't gone anywhere. So when I'm negotiating a contract, I need to know, and we're doing the um, defending the price and talk. I need to know who your competitors are. And you say, well, I'm looking at two listings. Well, one listing's overpriced about $100,000 and the other one is in very poor condition. So, so you need to know all your competitors who else are they looking at? Uh, how do we stack up? But the bottom line is it's 78% of the people signed contracts in the first week on these nine homes that went under contract in Vienna. So Fairfax County, 36% of the homes. Now, this number was 22% three weeks ago. So now it's back up. And that's partly caused by interest rates coming down, maybe a little confidence coming back in the buyers, a lack of inventory, and here we go again. So the rest, rounding it out, Loudoun County's 26% went under contract, one out of every four, not bad. Prince William about the same, Arlington 30%. So significant in that the Vienna uh, posted nine listings this week, um, seven went under contract, two of them were ours. Um, I can tell you there weren't a ton of contracts, but those that did come in, we worked very hard to prove that our price is what our price is, right? And the intangibles. So let's take a look at this. Over all of Northern Virginia, remember I tell you, a seller's market is when more than 60% of the homes are, are under contract and the buyers are only looking at, you know, 40% of the homes. So if we go back, January was 78 and then 75, 73. The significance of this is we have seen a fall off every month including July. And then all of a sudden, August, we're, we're sitting at 47. Yes, it's lower, but significantly, not as significant of a drop as we have been seeing. So the question is, when we look at this next month, you know, are we in fact, because remember, once we get under 40% in the, in the local market, in your local market, now you turn to a buyer's market, okay? And you negotiate just a little bit different, but, you know, and you price a little bit different, but you need to know in your specific market and in Northern Virginia, as I've proven, there are 7 million different markets based on geographical region, one mile square, based on eight levels of pricing, based on three different types of housing, condos, townhouses, and, and single family detached. The combination of all those markets is about 7.7 .7 million. So you need to break down your market like I do here break down your market to see sellers in control or buyers in control. It's a big difference in how we price it.
So let's talk about defending the price. Okay. So as a pricing expert, and that's what you do for a living is my profession. We need to be able to communicate that information to the buyers that are looking at the house. So the first thing we're going to do is identify the house right up here. This is the subject property. And we're going to talk about the comps. They're all within two miles. They're all within the last 120 days. Um, they can see how many days on market, what the age of the properties are. So remember, if this is our age, 210, and the rest of them were built in 1996, then we have a 14-year advantage over these other houses. Their average size, 41.5. Ours is 43.5. So we got a bigger house. It's a newer house. So the price per square foot is X dollars, which shows the house would come in at about 1.572. And then if we look over here, every house sells for a percentage of their assessment, right? So homes in poor condition, 104. Homes in updated great condition, 135, 134, right? So we can see where we should stack up against these houses. Let's take the middle. If it's the middle, we're at 144, right? So if we look at this house, the combination of these two means that we're worth about $1.5 million. Well, buyers are going to come in and they're going to say, hey, the average house lot is 21,000 square feet. Your lot is 10,250 uh, 10, square feet. So they're going to look at it and say, oh, you got a smaller lot. Well, you know, right. Oh, I've got the, I have an older one. Down in here, we go to 1.45 with an explanation that we have a $50,000 credit for the lot, okay? A lot is either gonna have a premium or a discount or customary, right? So we may bump that price $50,000 and say, it's really 1.55 because we have a superior lot or it's 1.45 because we have an inferior lot. So, so what we need to do is we need to get this document in the hands of anybody that's considering buying this house. In fact, we're gonna print that document and it's gonna be sitting at the house. So when people walk in, I don't want them to say, ah, it's overpriced. No, it's not, no, it's not. This is exactly what everything's selling for. This is what they were listed. This is what they sold for. This is their assessment, percentage of assessment. So, so we're going to have to validate. Now, this is a sign of the times, right? A sign of the times is, um, if you have 10 contracts, you're going to, you have one problem that you're worried about. And if you have one or two contracts, you have another series of problems you're going to worry about. So in fact, you need to know, <laughs> that's why I really need to know where the market is. Am I defending this? Do I need to defend it? Is that where we need to really put some time and energy into defending it? And the answer is yes with only two contracts or three contracts or only 15 showings instead of 50 showings or 60 showings, you need to defend that value, right? Because there's a lot of money at stake. And the last thing I need to do is have somebody look at Zillow and go, hey, Zillow says it's worth 1.25. Now, we're gonna help you and we're gonna help the agents. The agents know what the value of the house is and the buyer, but maybe they can't communicate to the buyer or the buyer is not trusting them enough to believe in that and they want to undercut. Well, this is rock solid certified proof that that house is at least worth X dollars, okay? So, so that's the first phase. Now, I am really thrilled 
that 78% of the homes that went on the market this weekend went under contract. You know, we had one that went under contract. And let's talk about defending the price on two of the houses that I have, okay? How do you do it if the home is not in superior condition, maybe hasn't been updated for, for you know, a few years? How do you handle that, right? Well, there is values at customary value, which means customary upgrades, customary condition, right? There are values if it's been dated. There are values if it's as is. There are values if it's renovated and values if it's updated. So I use all of them, right? So when I'm coming in, let's take one of the houses. We listed it for 1.75 million and the kitchen had been updated, the bathrooms had been updated, and it, but it's a big, beautiful house. It's a great lot and everything else was fine. So people are out there going, How, what the heck do you, you know, what do you offer on this thing? You know, is it really worth 1.75? So I have to defend that price and how do I defend it? I say, well, in renovated condition, this house is worth $2.2 million. In customary condition, it's worth $2.1 million. So what's it gonna cost to put in this renovated condition, right? Well, it may cost $300,000 to put in renovated condition. Okay, so let's do the math. 1.75 plus 300,000 is 2,050,000. Let's call it $2 million. When it's done, it's renovated value is $2.2 million. You would actually get a $2 million or $200,000 premium if you were to fix this house up. So our um, marketing would then go to Opportunity Knocks, right? Opportunity Knocks, you can come in, fix it up the way you want it, get the bathrooms the way you want it, do the backyard the way you want it. It may cost you $300,000 and people do have money, they just do the math. When it's done, you'll have 150 or $200,000 worth of built-in equity in this house. That's a deal. Opportunity knocks. Another one happened where the home is worth $1.5 million. We sold it for 1.25, that's what we listed it for. And then the bids came in over top of that. But that was maybe a $100,000 renovation. And so if you do 1.25 plus a little bit, plus 100, right? I'm at 1.35 basis and the house is worth 1.5 million when I'm done with a pool, right? So that's how we sold those two houses. So, so every home is different. How we price it, how we validate, how we authenticate, right? Keyword in real estate. Somebody tells you, agent tells you, this is what you need to do. You need to stage it, you need to do this, you need to do that. You need to authenticate that they have a successful track record with that kind of information. So when somebody tells me something, as they're talking, I'm looking up how much business they've done, how successful they are, how fast their homes sell, how much over list price they get. So is this a successful uh, agent and therefore the advice is authenticated or this is an agent that's done two deals a year and um, one set on the market for 162 days, right? So you need to know and you sellers when you're, when you're <clears throat> interviewing agents, you need to authenticate the information that you're getting in from this agent, okay? So, so <clears throat> you know, when somebody tells you, well, that's not what they said. Well, I, if you give me a, their MRIS number, I'll look up and see what kind of business they've done. And there are some agents over here that we may just agree to disagree, 
but they're successful at what they do. There are some agents that we agree to disagree and they're not successful. So they can, you cannot authenticate their information. You need to have somebody that has a good track record, same size, same geographical location, and then you're good to go. Okay. So, so that's the main thing that we want to um, talk about today. Um, let me see. I had one other thing I wanted to go over before I cut you all loose. Um, avoiding the deal killers. Okay, avoiding a deal killer. Now understand that the most important thing, you're not gonna get a lot of chances. You are not going to get a lot of chances. You cannot have a deal killer. And a deal killer is something like this. If I'm walking up to a house and the front of the house does not look good at all, that's just a deal killer. You, you've kind of, you've killed their buzz before they've even walked in the house. Let's say you grab a rail and the rail is rotted out, right? Deal killer. They've, they've written you off before they've even gotten the house. A person's going to buy a house in the first 18 seconds they see it. They're going to look around. They're going to say exactly what I want. When they go upstairs, they're just checking to make sure it does have a master bedroom and it has a master bedroom bathroom. You've already seen the pictures. They will fall in love and love this house within 12 to 18 seconds. You know, they say, you know it when you see it, love at first sight. It's love at first sight. That's what real estate is. So if you come in and you have a bad railing, a bad front door, big cracks in your in your um, in your stoop coming in, um, bad uh, uh, landscaping out front. Those are all horrible first impressions. You must make sure if you're going to sell your house for top dollar, you must make sure that their impressions are good impressions. Now Morgan is all about. She talks all about how it looks on the camera. You know, does green look good on camera? Does red look good on camera? Does burgundy look good on camera? Or does grays look better on camera? Is it light? Is it airy? Is it modern? Is it, is it transitional, right? So we're shooting for that transitional look. We're shooting for a nice, airy, fresh, um, not modern, but transitional, right? And that's easy for you to take a house, especially in times like this, where markets are a little tight, so you're not gonna have as many opportunities. You, go, you don't get as many swings at the bat, right? If those two people walk away, you're done. You, you've not sold and then everybody's gonna go, what's the matter with that house? So, so we need to, as professional realtors, when I'm talking to the Samson Realtors, who we have a lot of them that listen to us, you really need to, to lock down how you are going to authenticate the value of the home that you're selling. And when somebody's writing a contract, don't let the agent tell them what it's worth. You tell them what it's worth. Now, most of our houses are bid over list price. Why is that? How is that? Well, I authenticate the customary value, right? And then I point out what are the upgrades that make this home? What are the intangibles of this home? Is it a big lot, lot premium? Is it great schools? Is it... Um, updated appliance, really updated appliances. Is it a pool? Is it a, is it a screened in porch? Is it, you know, what is it about this house that makes it, that makes buyers want to bid it up? I can't, there are no houses with a pool like this. There are no houses with that side yard. There are no houses with this beautiful screen porch back there that I could watch a Nats game. Well, I'll watch somebody, watch something, right? On this great back porch. So, so we always make sure that we validate the value of our list price and then give them the intangibles 
that, and again, we tell the realtors, I'm not sure what the buyers are willing to pay for all this stuff, but we're going to find out. And that's why we put it at a customary value and let them bid it up. Now, why, why, why do we do that? Well, last week's show, if you remember, was about finding the buyer pool, right? So if we are, if we are between, and let me, let me just use regular numbers. Let me go back to a million dollars. Let's go to a million dollars. If I say a million 50, right? <clears throat> that buyer pool is 25% the size of the buyer pool if I stayed under a million dollars. So you want to stay under a million. You want to go find the people that are looking for million dollar homes and can't find them in more expensive areas, right? And keep it under that million dollar level. So the price range is critically important. The geographical location is critically important. Now, just so you know, the way real estate used to work is people would say, I'm looking in Vienna for a one point for a $1 million house. And they put it in there and the realtor has a storage search. And from that storage search, I can see how many people open it up. I can see how many people favor it, love it. And that's called, I can see whether they're really receptive to this house. That's called the predictive analysis, right? We are okay to launch at this number. However, <clears throat> the best contracts, the best contracts come from people that are looking for more expensive houses, right? Or in more expensive areas. So if you have a million dollar house and you can place that under a million where you have the biggest buyer pool, and not only that, but you can put that in McLean, which is a huge buyer pool, and in Falls Church and in Arlington and Alexandria, let them look at that house, put it on their Facebook, put it in their you know, Wall Street Journal feed, put it in there, you know, USA Today, when they look at it, just get this house in front of them. Now we've covered the geographical region and we've covered the price range. So the buyer pool is under a million in those areas, as well as Vienna. You don't really have to worry about Vienna as much because they're going to know about it like that. They're going to have an email sent to them in seconds, right? So I know they're hip to it and I know they're already looking but I will tell you that in a time like this, you cannot depend on it. I just put a house on the market in, in Centerville where in looking at the people looking at this house, there's only a buyer pool of 90, 91. Well, the average buyer pool is 300, right? So if I'm looking at this and saying, <clears throat> only 91 people opened up that email, that's your buyer pool. I have to go to the seller and say, 850 is not your number, 800 is your number. Now, once we get to 800, now the buyer pool triples. Now we'll be up to 250, 300 people. And then bids will come in and it pushes it back over that 850. So <clears throat> that, is, that is extremely important. Now, when we get to 800 and people come in and they go, well, I'll give you 800. We do that all the time. Well, I'll give you 800, that's what you asked for. It's like, no, that's what we listed it for, right? That's where the buyer pool is. But here's the document defending the value that says the average list price is 800, the average sales price is 865. And you show these, plus they've just updated, boom, 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 boom. We're not sure what people are willing to pay for. Now, we found the biggest buyer pool. We have the most people looking at it. We've authenticated that not only the house is worth 865,000, but 
in order to get that, people had to list at 800. So we basically planted in the buyer's mind that we're, we're putting on in a value that we anticipate that's going to be a lot higher on the sales price. So, so <clears throat> what I've just talked about is preparing the house, launching at a list price that finds the biggest buyer pool, find that buyer pool in different regions, doing a predictive analysis to make sure that we are launching at the right number and then defending the price as we go through this process. So this is not your, you know, I always say it's not your parents' real estate market, even though now I'm a grandfather, but it is, this is the way things are done in 2022. This is the way things are done if you want to, you know, as markets get tougher, agents need to just make sure they don't leave any stone unturned. Sellers need to make sure they've authenticated their realtors. Yes. Four months ago, you could pick anybody, your house is going to sell. But some sold for 150 over list and some sold for 50 over list. That was the trick then. Now the trick is getting the home sold. Make it sure it gets sold. Obviously get as much money as you can. But that's what we're up to in 2022, August. So I hope this helped. Um, I will talk to the agents about this at Samson as well. We'll be doing some, some classes on this. Um, so stay tuned to Samson University. They're rebuilding the whole thing. And you've been listening to Casey Sampson. You can catch me at 703-508-2535 or Casey at CaseySampson.com. Big news today. Interest rates are down a half a point from where they were. Inventory has shrunk, is down. And seven out of nine houses in being over a million dollars, being opened in over a million dollars, went under contract in the first weekend. The market is still there. Just got to be a little smarter. We'll see you guys again next week on Coffee with Casey. Bye now.